0: Welcome to the High Performer Blueprint Podcast, where busy professionals learn the habits to become a high performer and live the healthy lifestyle they dream about. I'm your host, Leek Bola. Let's go. Today, we are joined by Jordan Syed, owner of Syed Fitness. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. It is great to have you on here today. Just going to give a little background on how I first got introduced to Jordan is I remember this was about and almost seven years ago I was in the commercial gym personal training for really less than a year and I remember I wanted to learn more at the time I was like okay I need to learn more I need to kind of get back into working on my craft a little bit more and I knew there were some things I was struggling with early in my career. And I remember at the time I did like a simple Google search, just to look at personal training resources. I stumbled on the personal training development center John Goodman had at the time. And I remember looking at one of the articles and it was like 30 fitness experts, coaches you should follow. Jordan's name was on there. And I remember I went out to check out his profile on Instagram at the time and I was blown away. And I was like, man, I really like the message that Jordan's sharing. So fast forward here. Uh, really about eight years later glad to have you on today introduce yourself to the audience
1: well thank you for having me man i appreciate it uh that's crazy i i'm very friendly with john goodman i i remember man i started making content in like 2011 and i think that was around the same time john started making content as well um so thanks for having me uh i'm a i'm a short bald nerdy jewish guy i like to lift weights and help people improve their relationship with food you know, I got into fitness from wrestling. So I started, I started wrestling when I was eight years old. My mom, she didn't want my brother and I to get bullied. So she, uh, she walked in the living room when I was eight and I was lying on the couch. And, uh, she just said, I'm going to put you two in wrestling. And at the only wrestling that I knew at the time was WWE style wrestling. <laughs> and so I remember I looked up at her and I asked, I was like, you want me to hit someone with a chair? And she was like, no, you idiot, like Olympic style wrestling. And I was like, I, I don't know what that is, but she put my brother and I into it. And I just, I fell in love with it. I was always bad at school. I was in special education. I was not a good test taker. I, I didn't like school, but I was, I, I did really enjoy, and I was good at athletics. So wrestling for me was an incredible outlet. Um, and so I, I did that from eight years old. By the time I got to high school at 14, I made varsity as a freshman Uh, beat a junior out for the varsity spot. And I was good from an endurance and a technique perspective, but 14 years old on varsity, I was mainly going up against like 17 and 18 year old kids. And the strength differential was pretty significant. So I, uh, I wrote an email to a gym, a couple towns over from me. I grew up outside Boston, Massachusetts. I wrote an email to a gym and I was like, listen, I'll take the trash out. I'll clean the floors I'll do whatever you need me to do. Just let me come and learn from you and, and how to lift weights and get stronger. And I was super blessed because number one, they agreed. They took me under their wing. And so I started working there from 14 years old. And the the other aspect is they were unbelievably science-based. Like it was, I really hit the jackpot of all jackpots in terms of gyms and and coaches. Like they introduced me to really what it means to be a science-based coach. And, uh, from 14
0: years old, all the way through high school, I worked at the gym and it completely changed my life. Great experience. And I could definitely attest to that as well, being introduced to wrestling um, by watching now WWE, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> definitely, that's definitely what I uh, imagined too is wrestling until you actually learned the uh, Olympic style to it. You know, one thing Jordan, I really like that you share, like of course your personal journey within fitness and what you share on like Instagram and your social media. And one thing I've seen you really shift to is talking about how now just really happy, you know, you talked about before of being like shredded and not being happy as you are now. So what really caused you to shift from, you know, I know as being a fitness coach, you really have to live up to the model that people see us as or if we're not like the 6% body fat or, you know, super shredded, kind of get looked down upon. So what kind of caused you to shift more on just focusing on just being happy within where you're at?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. There's so many routes we can go with this, but what I realized is... I'll give you an example when when I was younger, I wanted to be shredded, right? When I was a young young kid, young coach, I wanted to be shredded. And for all of the same reasons that most dudes want to be shredded It's like I thought that girls would like me more if I was shredded. <laughs> and when I got shredded, I realized not only did girls not like me more, but the only extra attention I was getting was from other dudes. Like it was just other dudes who were like, bro, <laughs> you're, you're right. so shredded. That's so, like, it was only other guys who like thought it was cool. And in fact, like, you know, my libido was down. Um, I didn't have as much energy to go out. I couldn't ha- be as much fun when I went out and I was hanging out with girls and going on dates. Like I was so focused on trying to maintain my shredded abs. That, like I I no, I'm not going to have the pizza. I'm not going to have the ice cream. I'm not going to do this because all I was thinking about was just like staying shredded. So I wasn't fun to be around. And the only people who cared that I was shredded was dudes. And then I was like, I was not able to actually socialize or date because like I couldn't have fun. So then I, I also realized in a similar fashion to how dudes were really the only ones who were giving me attention. I also realized this idea that people look down on you if you're not shredded. It's really only other a, a, a certain group within the fitness industry. Who looks right. down on you? And I realized that other coaches are not going to pay my bills and they're not going to pay me for coaching. So why the fuck do I care what other coaches think? When that like became my reality and then I started enjoying myself more and just living living the life that I preached to my clients of more moderation and all of that, then I actually my business really started to take off because what I found is the everyday person, the everyday general population person they look at someone who's super shredded and they don't think that's attainable. They don't think they are ever gonna be able to get that, so they're actually often turned off by people who are super shredded and they're they can relate more to someone who's just looks more like a regular person and so that's what I found is for me it's it's actually been a huge benefit to me in my business just not being super shredded, not looking like a bodybuilder, not looking like that because the the people that I want to help, you know their mothers, their fathers. They work busy jobs they're with their kids all day like they're they're they they don't have much time, and they don't want fitness to take control of their entire life they want they don't want their life to revolve around fitness they want to fit fitness into their life and so with that in mind, like we can get you healthier, we can get you stronger we can get you more confident. We can get you more athletic and we can get you looking and feeling better, but you don't need to be shredded all the time in order to be healthy. And in fact, oftentimes being shredded is not healthy at all.
0: Yeah. I really love that because that's so true is like you said, the general population, the clients we're going to work with, you're right. They're not going to look to step on a stage or share that type of lifestyle that we see often, you know, scrolling down our social media, but it's more about, like you are saying, just really enjoying life and I think that's so true. And I can attest to that as well within uh, what I do. And like I like to speak to my clients and everyone else listening as well. So I know you're no stranger to this being in the industry as long as you have and work with the clients. You know, we see people struggle with dieting like they're continuing to do so many different diet attempts, go on it for a little bit, go off of it. So like, what do you see as the biggest issue that people face when they're like the long-term dieters and they keep going on and on and having those different attempts, but still not being where they want to be at?
1: It's a great question. There are many, there are a number of different scenarios, right? So there are the people who say that they've been dieting forever, like that they've been trying to lose weight forever. And that like once they understand that they need to be in a calorie deficit in order to lose fat, there are many people who say, oh, I've been in a calorie deficit for years. We'll start off with this person. You have not been in a calorie deficit for years. Otherwise you wouldn't exist. You'd, you'd be dead. <laughs> like you would, if you've actually been in a calorie deficit for years, you would not be alive. Um, An important distinction for people to make is the difference between being in a calorie deficit and being in a calorie deficit mindset. They are two very different things. Most people who want to lose weight are often thinking about being in a calorie deficit, about uh, about improving their diet, about getting their exercise and They're thinking about it, but they're not always doing it. And oftentimes what will happen is, for example, a, a very common situation is like Monday through Friday, they'll be thinking about their nutrition. They'll be restricting. They'll be restricting. They'll be restricting. They won't be enjoying themselves. Like I I can only have celery and rice cakes and tilapia. (laughs) And like, this is all I'm eating. This is all I'm eating. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to enjoy myself. Anyone asks me to go out to lunch? No, I've got my celery sticks, whatever it is. Then Friday night comes and Saturday and Sunday, and they've been restricting so hard the whole week, thinking in their mind, being like, I, I, I need a diet, I need to lose weight, I need to lose weight. Then Friday night comes, they're like, fuck this. I'm exhausted. I've been dieting all week. I deserve a little treat. But then they completely lose it Friday, Saturday, Sunday and they don't realize that friday saturday sunday is 40% of your week. It is very easy to at the very least nullify everything you've done monday through thursday, if not actually do more damage. People don't realize how easy it is to overeat calories and not I mean that's how especially like processed foods nowadays, they're they're by design. Companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars coming up with ways to make these foods taste incredible, to make it harder and harder and harder for you to put down. This is how they're designed. So it's not difficult to eat many thousands of calories in a very short period of time, even if you think you're not. So for the people who say, I've been in a calorie deficit for years, the reality is just based on simple, very rudimentary physiology and biology, you have not been in a calorie deficit. You might have been thinking about it this whole fucking time. And there might have been stints of time in which you've been in a very severe deficit and you've been really, really, really restrictive, but then you end up going the other way and you binge and you end up essentially nullifying if not gaining more weight as a result of it. So when people are in this type of a mindset and this is the the habit that they're following, the the pattern that they've been following on a consistent basis… For me, I always say, listen, how about instead of restricting so intensely during the week, how about we make it a little bit more moderate? And like, if someone asks you to go out for drinks or for dinner, you say yes, you go enjoy it in moderation so you don't feel deprived. Then by the time the weekend comes, you just continue with exactly what you're doing. You can still go out to eat. You can still have some drinks, but keep it in moderation. And I know this isn't sexy and." There's no moderation pill and all of that. It's much sexier and more fun to buy the fat burning pill or to get the detox tea or whatever the fuck you want to get. But the, none of that shit works. Like no one ever spent a lot of money on a detox tea and said, "Wow, I'm really glad I bought all of that because I've now I now look the way I want." That's never happened <laughs> right. in the history of the world. No one has ever bought a fat burning pill and been like, "Oh, thank God I spent five hundred dollars on these pills because now I have a six pack." It's never happened in the history of of the entire supplement industry. What does work is moderation and it's not a sexy sell and it's not doesn't sound groundbreaking but it's the truth. You just have to stay consistent.
0: Yeah, you hit it right on the nail on that one. And I really love that you brought the the mindset part of it as far as the calorie deficit because I definitely can say from speaking to so many people over this period of time since I've been in this industry is many really like you said think for that period of time that they're in the deficit, but like you said, they go in the periods of the severe of the calorie deficit, then go periods of out. Like you said, when you you can't take it anymore, like you said, when you want to eat the pizza or you want to enjoy the drinks that you have, then it really gets you off of where you're at. So, I mean, that is so key within where they're at. So, uh, the people that you work with and the message that you share is the everyday, like you said, the general population, you know, the mom, the dad that is in their butt off within what they're doing with their, their work. And, coming home to their kids and being exhausted. Nobody wants to have their life consumed uh, with the gym or anything like that. So what exercises do you recommend to business professionals? Like, What exercises should they do more of with their fitness?
1: Man, I think the number one exercise is walking, especially for someone, whether you're a business professional and and you're working all day or you're a stay at home parent, whatever it is like, I think if there was one exercise and I I hate when people ask, like, if you only could pick one exercise, I hate that (laughs) question because you don't only have to pick one. There are many you can do, but if I'm going to do that nonsensical question, I would say walking, um, and a lot of people look at walking like it's a waste of time. Why would you do it? What's the point? Da, 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 da. Um, if we look at the longest living and healthiest populations in the world, it's not bodybuilders. It's not powerlifters. It's not uh, CrossFit athletes. The, the longest living, healthiest cultures in the world have people who walk the most. That's it. And what's interesting is like, yeah, you know, nutrition plays a part in that as well. And people are like, well, what about the mm-hmm. food that they eat? When you look at, you can Google like uh, top 100 longest living countries in the world. You've got countries from all over. You've got people from uh, from Japan. You've got people from Sweden. You've got people from all, Like, you've got people from, uh, from Greece, all these different cultures. And one of the things about these cultures is based on where they are geographically, their diets are going to be very, very different. So we can see that there isn't a single best diet for health, but without question, walking is the best exercise for health, walking on a consistent basis every day, getting your steps in. There's no question. There's a recent study that came out. I forget the the actu- the multiplier, but we all know how bad cigarette smoking is for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like how, like, you know, how, how increasing cigarettes increases your risk of, of getting uh certain types of cancer and of death by like X, like X times X percent, whatever it is. Well, walking consistently is significantly better for your health than smoking is bad for your health, which when I read, like I, this was an unbelievable study and I'm not recommending smoking. I'm not, but what I am (laughs) saying is, what I am saying is walking is fucking free, Right. And it's, it is walking is better for you than smoking is bad for you. And it's actually really interesting because a lot of these people in the longest living cultures and societies, like a lot of them smoke, but like they're walking while they smoke and they're doing it leisurely and they're enjoying and they're doing it as part of their, like a, their cultural practice and they're, they're getting socializing in and, and, there are many aspects I think that, that contribute to how long and your quality of life, you know, not least of which is a lot of these cultures are notoriously like low stress cultures. They're not grinding, they're not hustling. Mm-hmm. It's more like, yeah, you know, we'll do a little work and then we'll hang out and have a glass of wine and then we'll go on a walk and then we'll have a cigarette. And it's like all this, they, they're low stress, right? There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, in terms of exercise, if there's one thing you could prioritize more, it's walking. And if you can't walk, move. Some people always get mad. Well, what if I'm, I'm like sitting at my desk? Well, actually literally right now I'm using like one of those fucking desk bikes. I have a teeny little desk bike that like, I just, uh, I run my feet on. I just like do a little nice. bit of movement while I do what I do with these talks. I have a, I have a walking pad in my office that like, if I'm taking phone calls, I'll just walk on that. Uh, when I, didn't have as much money, and money was a really big, big, big issue for me. And I lived in a 400 square foot apartment. I would take phone calls and walk around my tiny fucking New York apartment when it was freezing outside. I would do it in circles just because I want to get my steps in. So a lot of people look down on walking. And they're like, no, you've got to do a hit and you've got to do this right. crazy exercise. And listen, there are benefits to every type of exercise, like there's benefits to everything. But if we're looking at the most easily readily available option that will have the greatest impact on your health, there's no question that
0: it's walking. I love that you mentioned the walking because just like you said, you know, people look down upon it. I kind of roll my eyes to when people like say, oh, what is walking? You know, what are you going to get a benefit from walking? Like you mentioned, that's something that everyone can do free. You don't have to sign up at a gym to do it. You can just literally just walk, like you said. You were just walking around just outside of your apartment, and it's just something you can do to get yourself to move more. And there's so many studies that show that just increasing your walking improves everything within what you do within your fitness. So, really love that you mentioned that as well. So, as I mentioned earlier, checking out Jordan's content back in this would have been 2015. And I know for some people, you know, they kind of got introduced from learning that you coach uh, Gary V with that. I just really want to ask what was your coaching experience coaching Gary V? Man, that was a crazy experience. So for anyone who doesn't know, Gary is a
1: very, very, very famous entrepreneur. Um, he's like a father to me, really incredible guy, millions and millions and millions and millions of followers and owner of hundreds and hundreds of businesses and thousands of employees. Um, so I got a job coaching him. It was a three year deal. It was a handshake agreement. And, um, basically it was seven days a week for three years straight. That was the deal. (laughs) Um, This was not my idea. This was his idea. And basically he said every single day, seven days a week, no weekends off, no vacations, no breaks and nothing. We're going to work out. And Gary like now, now that COVID's over, he's back to it. But uh, before this was all before COVID. So from June 1, 2016 to June 1, 2019, I was coaching him seven days a week for three years straight and he traveled all the time. So he was based out of New York city. So I was actually living in Israel uh, when I got the job. So I moved from Israel to New York city to be with him, but we were traveling all over the place. So if he was in Hong Kong, I was in Hong Kong. If he was in, in, uh, Amsterdam, I was in Amsterdam. If he was in Ireland, I was in Ireland. If he was in LA, I was in LA. If he was in Nashville, I was in Nashville, wherever Gary went, I went for seven days a week for three years straight. And, um, basically his idea was he, he's a very extreme person. Like he, it's like all or nothing for Gary. And, and he was like, I need to treat this. Like I treat brushing my teeth. Like I need to do it every day. It needs to be on the calendar. If it's not on the calendar, every single day is just something I do. And it's not going to happen. And we didn't work out super hard every day. It's seven days, but you can't work out super hard. Some days, like it was just stretching. Some days it was just getting more steps in, uh, but like three to four days a week, we aim to have a hard strength training based based workout, which, you know, it was difficult because the guy works harder than anyone I've ever met in my life. If, if, if you could ever see his calendar, it's unbelievable every day from 6 AM until midnight, one or two in the morning, it's booked. Every minute is booked out his workout, his shower, his drive to the office, meetings, meetings are booked out years in advance. Like it's insane. Um, every single minute from 6am all the way till midnight plus. And, um, you know, when you try and go work out with him at six in the morning after he just had an insane work day, And this is like, not just one day, this is compounded over years. Sometimes he's just freaking exhausted. So did the best that we could. And he, he got amazing, amazing results. Never mind like how busy he is and all of that and how stressed he is uh, and his age and, you know, all the cards stacked against him. Like he he's really done incredible and he he's doing amazing. Um, Now my buddy, Mike Vacanti coaches him. Um, But it was a very unique experience. Uh, A lot that I loved. I would not go back and do it again. It was very tiring. Um and, and it was interesting cuz my own personal health and fitness really you know it really um it went by the wayside during those 3 years. A lot of people they're like, "Well, I don't understand. It was only, you know, 1 hour a day. It's not just 1 hour a day." So Number one is Gary was my only in-person client, but I also had like 70 to 80 one-on-one online coaching clients for like for my online business. I also had my membership, my inner circle, uh, and I was also posting on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I was posting on Instagram at least three times a day every day. So it wasn't just one hour a day coaching Gary. It was also I was running an entire business outside of that, not to mention with Gary, like I said, he's traveling all day we spent more time in airplanes and hotels than we did in new york city where we were based out of so if if you've ever traveled and you've taken a, a plane ride you know like You've gotta get your shit together. you've gotta to exactly. go to the airport. you've gotta go through security. you've gotta wait for your fucking plane. you've gotta get on the plane you've gotta fly wherever the fuck you're going. you've gotta deboard the plane you gotta get a ride to the hotel and then you and then boom, now I have to figure out right, where's he working out? What do we have to do? Blah, blah blah boom, and repeat that day in and day out so by the time my workouts and everything came around, it was just like. I really struggled with it and I ate like an asshole and I didn't get good workouts in and I wasn't sleeping well. I was always in different time zones. So my blood pressure went up. My body fat went up. My muscle mass went down. Um, It it was not good for me personally from a health perspective over those three years from a business perspective. It was amazing. And I learned a lot and my business improved dramatically Uh, and I don't regret it at all. But like, just to be honest, a lot of people see that lifestyle and think, Oh, I want that life. I want that life. It's like, You've really got to ask yourself, do you want that life? Because I don't think most people
0: do. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, I never knew the details, of course. So have seen some of the content with you guys together, but wow, that is, yeah, that is an experience, man, for that type of commitment for three years. Yeah. I know, like you said, that had to be the biggest thing. I mean, social media and what everyone sees. I mean, you see nonstop things that Gary's putting out there and doing and things like that. So I know that had to been great from the business side of it, but you yeah, definitely could see the, the time commitment and the strengths on that that I had to take on that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Jordan, I, like you said, I know, and you've been in the fitness industry for a long time, you know, in the gym helping out. And now, of course, where you're at within business and everything, like years that you've been in the fitness industry, like where do you see the fitness industry right now? Do you like feel like it's improving in the right direction or there's like a long way to go to really get people where they should be at with their fitness. What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, I mean, the fitness industry is going to be one of those industries that will always be thriving for the coaches because people are always going to need our help. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be people who, who need our help with health and fitness. I think that, in terms of the actual industry, the like coaches and putting out high quality information, I actually think it's the best now it's ever been in terms of how much freely available high quality content is 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 an option for people. Mm-hmm. Like I, never before has there ever been so much freely available, high quality science-based content. So in that sense, it's the best it's ever been. On the other hand, it's the worst it's ever been because it's so confusing. Because the people who have terrible views and who are not science based are equally, if not more, loud and get a lot of exposure. So the the misinformation is also more readily available. So on one hand, the science based stuff is getting more and more traction. On the other hand, the non science based stuff is also getting more and more traction. Right. The the, co- the cool thing about this is, for example. Because of social media and because of things like comments sections, we now can see what people are actually thinking. So, for example, you go to like a, a famous like Kim Kardashian post or whatever, and she's promoting Fit Tea or whatever fucking nonsense. You look in the comments, and the comments are not people being like, oh, my God, I need to try this. Thank you. The majority of comments are, this is horseshit trash. Why are you promoting this? Stop it, da 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 da, da. which mm-hmm. is very, very encouraging to see. Because before, before social media, it was just like we had commercials and infomercials. There were no comment sections. It's like you just right. saw what they told you and you're like, oh, cool, like maybe that, that works. But there's no comment section of people saying, well, actually, you're wrong because of X, Y, and Z. So that's been very, very helpful in some cases. But then again, someone might post some great information and then some asshole who doesn't know what they're talking about will make a comment that sounds convincing because they're using big words. And so there's pros and cons to literally everything that we have. Um, I I do think there are some great aspects of the industry and some uh, not so great aspects, but that's for the rest of time, that's how it's gonna be. There will always be not so great and great aspects. In terms of actually making large scale population change to people like i don't think it will ever be like i don't think we're ever going to get to a point where the majority of people are healthy I, i don't think that's i don't think we'll ever get there um there's there's too much to combat in order for that to happen um not least of which like Th- our, our work schedules, like oh, I, before we even go to work, like we just look at priorities, like right, priority number one is almost, especially in the Western cultures, it's money. Money is like almost always priority number one. And in order to get more money and more wealth, you're going to have to fucking work. Like, and in some, in some ways, this is one of the greatest things about the United States of America. It's like, if you want to, you can work as hard as you possibly can and and you could succeed. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, you could make an amazing, successful career for yourself. It, it's right. going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And it's going to be harder for some people than other people. But you can do it. On the other hand, um, there are other cultures in which they don't necessarily value money or grinding as much. And they actually will probably end up living much longer and more healthy. They're probably not going to have as much money. But I don't think most people who are 90 years old and about to die I really give a shit about that. I think they're just glad that they were able to live a full life. Um, so I think, especially in the Western cultures, there's too much uh, focus on money and and grinding and that hustle culture right now. Um, and I also think that as food science continues to develop, there are some amazing advances from a positive perspective, like more readily available healthy food options for people. People who are, who might, like, for example, one of my really good friends wrote an entire thesis about food deserts in inner city Philadelphia, where, like, you know, where a single mother of two is like, she, she, like, has to walk three miles to get to the closest grocery store. It's like she, she doesn't have a car. Like, that's like, that is a real issue for, for a lot of people who are trying to eat healthier. So there are a lot of great options now more available for people who might not have access to high-quality grocery stores. But on the other hand, they're getting better and better and better at making garbage food taste so fucking good. And also, <laughs> right. it's it can be very affordable at times. So like, no matter what, I, I think the biggest issue that we're facing, the biggest issue is uh, the two two number ones are uh super highly palatable foods, like junk food that's just so easy to eat and so enjoyable to eat. You can hear my daughter in the background. Right. Sorry about that. She, uh, and then the the other one is so much of our lives are sedentary. And I think this is the biggest one. Um n- no matter what, what culture the healthiest culture has moved the most, right? And and it's mm-hmm. not normal for human beings to be sitting down for as much as we're sitting down. It's not normal. We're not designed to do this. And, you know, now we can order groceries on our phones and we can fucking get everything delivered to us without taking more than 200 steps a day. If you wanted to, you could do everything you need, like, and just sit on your couch and have shit ordered to you. Like, and and obviously the more money you have, the more that becomes an option. Of course. I mean, like, it's a real fucking problem. And, And I don't see that large scale getting better, um, Especially based on like government intervention. If it is going to get better, it's going to be done from people like you and me, people like coaches on social media who are, I mean, and not to get political, but we watched what happened during COVID and we didn't see the government once encourage health and fitness. We didn't once see the government talk about, you know, move, exercise. Right, Instead, th- they shut down gyms they shut down gyms. They kept liquor stores open and they shut down gyms. It's like public health, like government, public health, CDC, all they need to talk about, encourage exercise. They need to give incentives for exercise. They need to give incentives for eating well, for like keeping a healthy body weight, all this stuff. So that's what, since the government's not doing it, people like you and I become exponentially more important. So that's our responsibility, which is why I try and talk about this stuff as much as I can. But I think I'm a pretty optimistic person overall, but I don't think, I don't think the way things are going, we're ever going to get to a point where the majority of people are healthy.
0: Yeah. I love that realness because I you could be very optimistic, but you're right. I think that'd be a tale to say that you would ever expect this issue to go away. Like you said, within where we're advancing as a culture, I mean, you're right. There's only more things allowing us to be lazier <laughs> Um, yes. I think we yes. all I think we all can see that how uh, things have changed. I mean, now you're right. You don't even have to leave your house for things. I mean, it's just so simple to just do everything now without moving. And yeah, that's only going to cause more issues. And I like what you said. I think that it's up to us as coaches and people that really believe passionate about helping other people to just impact as much as you can. I mean, that's you know what you can do and sharing the message and getting people to want to, uh, you know, take ownership of their fitness and everything like that. So really love that being a real message because you're right. I mean, it's something that is going to be a problem that's going to be there. And we just have to do our best with helping impact as many people as we can with that. So, you know, I know for a lot of people, and I know you're no stranger to this as well, Jordan, some things you're going to say, it's still going to be hard for people to want to move more or feel like, you know, hey, this is not going to work for me right now. So now, what's the thing you would tell someone that's struggling with taking action on their journey?
1: There are a lot of things I would say, but the number one is like, it's it's supposed to be fucking hard. The, the, the way Here's the way that I frame it. And I'm sure you've heard this before. Uh, one of the best phrases I've ever heard is, you get to choose your suffering. Okay, you get to choose your suffering, which is a privilege mm-hmm. in and of itself. And what I mean by that is, I hate when coaches say things like, you just need to find the exercise that you love. The reason I hate that is because number one, it's true. Like if you find an exercise you love, it'll be much better. You're more likely to be consistent. Mm -hmm. But I always know when a coach hasn't actually worked with a lot of clients, especially like everyday people who really struggle with their health, because a lot of those clients will never find an exercise they love. They will just fucking hate it all the time. (laughs) Right. It, no matter what, they will hate every second of exercising. It's sort of like if I were to tell many personal trainers who want to build their social media, I would if I was just like, "You need to find a way to post on social media that you love." A lot of personal trainers are like, "I fucking hate posting on social media. Like, I just don't like it." So it doesn't matter if you want to build your brand, you have to do it. So mm-hmm. with exercise, um, sometimes like, I don't care if you like it or not, you've got to fucking do it no matter what. And I'm going to try and make it as enjoyable as possible. But even if you hate it, you're going to have to suffer through it because you know the benefits are going to be better on the back end. Or you could choose not to suffer there. But on the other hand, you'll suffer as a result of not exercising and not taking care of your health. Your, you know, your health will deteriorate. You won't be able to keep up with your kids or your grandkids. You're not, you, who knows, you'll get, you're more likely to get a host of other diseases and illnesses and blah, 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 blah. There are so many things that you will suffer from as a result of not taking care of your health and fitness. So you get to choose your heart. Either you suffer through your workouts or you suffer with your health as a result of not working out. So for the people who are struggling to take action, you have to remember that you might not like it, but you've still got to fucking do it. And the other one is a lot of people are waiting to get motivated. They're like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm just not motivated. Like motivation is an emotion. Just like mm-hmm. happiness is an emotion. Anger is an emotion. Jealousy is an emotion. You don't ever expect to stay happy all the time. Just like when you're angry, you know, you're not going to be mad all the time. It's like emotions are fleeting. When it comes to motivation, the only way to get motivated is to take action. It's to do something. And the cool part about this is it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be like, I have to go to the gym and do an Olympic lifting, weightlifting program. No, like your action could be, you know what? I'm sitting on my ass doing nothing. I'm going to go on a 10 minute walk. Boom. Boom. Start with walking, do something Mm -hmm. from there. You'll get more motivated to take, you'll get some results. Then you'll take more action. It's, it's a loop. It goes action first from action. You get results from results. You get motivation from motivation. You get more, you take more action. Most people think the loop starts with motivation. No, you don't start with motivation. You can't, it's sort of like, Oh, I'm only going to work when I'm happy. It's like, so what, you're just going to wait until you're happy to do your work. That's not how it works. Like that. If if you only work when you're happy, then you're probably not going to work very much. It's, when people say like, if I only worked out when I wanted to work out, I would work out maybe once or twice, maybe once a week, four times a month. Like I (laughs) don't want to work out very much at all, but I do it because I have to, in order to see my daughter grow up and God, God willing, my future children as well. And be with my wife. Like I have to, I don't want to, I have to. That's why also, I hate when people say shit, like you don't have to, you get to and I know they're trying to say like, it's you're you're appreciative for what you have. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And I think I get the message, but I fucking hate it because it's like, it, it, imagine if you're like, Hey, you don't, you don't have to pay your taxes. You get to pay your taxes. It's like, you don't have to do like it there. It's, it's obnoxious. Like, right. no, I, I, I just have to fucking do this. And like, yes, I'm grateful that my body is healthy and that I, that I can do this, but, I just couldn't think of a more annoying thing to say to someone who's already struggling with working out. It's like the most nitpicky shit. It's like, no, no, you don't have to. You get to- shut the fuck up. No, I have to fucking do it. All right. And, I- and I'm going to, but shut the fuck up. I-, I don't like it when people add those little snippets in there. It's just, I-, I don't know. It annoys me.
0: Imagine saying like, like you said, you, you get to pay your taxes. I don't think anyone's ever going to love that <laughs> message and really make them uh, want to take action on that. I really like Like you're saying, it's true. You're going to pick what you're going to suffer. You're going to pick what you want it to be hard. You know, it could be hard to be successful, which is very hard, but it's also hard to be unsuccessful and to suffer from those different things that you're going through. I like to keep it simple like you just did, Jordan. You know you have to do it. Take the action to better yourself, not only you, family and everyone else there that loves you out there. So where can our audience get connected with you at, Jordan?
1: If, if you search my name on Google, you'll find me on every platform, Instagram, podcast, YouTube, all of it. Whatever, whatever you uh, you use the most, you'll find me on it.
0: Awesome. Get connected with Jordan if you're not. Once again, Jordan, thank you for joining us. I know our audience got a wealth of information here today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to LTAPerformance365.com slash High Performer. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you love this podcast, feel free to leave a review. And if you're ready to create your own High Performer blueprint, be sure to head over to LTAPerformance365.com and we'll talk soon.